Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, listening to this dang show. We do so appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Tell a friend, spread the word. All the downloads, all the listens we can get, the more episodes we can produce and promote and have and pump out there. I do look on expanding this podcast here in 2023, especially during the football season. Talk more about that in a little bit. Welcome to the show. My name is Jeff Mance. By the way, you will hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports on the network, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every weekday afternoon also serious sex on fantasy football pregame in and then during the nfl regular season me and bob harris host that program as well i am part owner and the chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com that is where this episode is basically devoted to today it's all about the biggest day of the year the 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide exclusively at FantasyGuru.com. It is out, and likely as you're listening to this, and yes, you did the little sneaky peeky thing before midnight Eastern time, but the draft guide is out. Tra-la, tra-la. We're excited. It's officially football season, and my God, am I pumped up about it. So that's what we're going to talk about at length, and it's not just going to be a promotion. It's going to be all the stuff that's jam-packed inside. A lot of tidbits. I will give you updates, and I'll give you samples. How about that? Samples of all the great content that is alive and well in the 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide over at FantasyGuru.com. So check it out. VIP Platinums, if you want everything, all the sports all the daily, all the seasonal, all the draft guides, all the data, all those shows, the podcasts, the live streams, the videos, the uh, Discord, the different sports that we cover and everything, Plat50, P-L-A-T-5-0. That is the promo code for you there. It actually makes more sense and is more cost feasible for you to do the 50% off VIP Platinum than it is for you to do just the football content. Might as well get all the other stuff for free. Might as well do it. So uh, that's the promotion we're running now. Otherwise, the draft guide in and of itself is available over at fantasyguru.com. I strongly encourage you to do the all-in package, the what we call elite seasonal package over at fantasyguru.com. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right, folks. So a lot to get to today. This is a jam-packed episode. Remember, this is an uncensored podcast. I'm going to curse. I'll say the naughty words, the bad words. All right. And yeah, people were joking after last episode. They say you always say that. Then you launch into a bunch of curse words, which is probably fucking true. Right. So that's what we're going to fucking do. How about that noise? Uh, Kids, no, all sensitive ears. Get away. If you are sensitive about any topics in life, this show is probably not going to be for you. And you know what? How I mean that. 
Do you know something? Here's a little, little extra for everybody listening to me on the radio. Here's something that I've been absolutely chomping at the bit about. I'm actually like just fucking tired of the Bud Light scandal and bullshit. I don't even know. I don't know exactly what it is and about. I know that some the Bud Light did a campaign and LGBTQ and people didn't like it. Now the pro, but and and again, I hold everybody. You, you do what you want to do. Bud Light wants to promote LGBTQ. Awesome. People don't want to like it. Awesome. Whatever it is that you guys do, that's your entitlement. What I'm sick of seeing is this bullshit about Bud Light's not selling. I go to the grocery store. I go to the liquor store. I don't see these pictures, these obviously doctored pictures about Bud Light not being on the shelves. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, maybe in some necks of the woods. I'm not a Bud Light drinker. I drink Makers 46. All right. They could put the, I, I don't know. They could probably put what would offend me. Uh, my dead mother's, a picture of my dead, my dead mother's bones on a bottle of Makers 46, and I'm still buying the thing because I like to drink. I, I mean, that's just me. I'm not saying you guys have to do it, but it's just every fucking day I open up Twitter or Facebook or fucking even Snap, not Snapchat, um, TikTok. TikTok's not hardly at all, but there is. it's even infiltrated my precious TikTok, and it's just fucking ridiculous. But anyway, so what I'm saying is I, I, I have no plans to talk about Bud Light or anything thereof or protesting it or drinking it or not drinking it or not protesting. I don't give a shit. I don't give a flying motherfuck about any of it. But if you're the kind of person that's sensitive about that shit, this isn't for you because we don't, we put on big boy and girl pants on this show. That's what one man's opinion is all about. So enough of that. I've got NFL news. I've got 2023 fantasy football draft guide preview for you on today's show now normally we kick off draft guide season with my crew over at fantasyguru.com armando marsal tyler beaker and russell clay the four of us sit down we have a big powwow i'll be fully honest with everybody i was not able to organize it this week uh we had hours and hours of phone calls together over the weekend and getting everything ready i think those guys have had enough of my my nasally drone for at least a, a couple of days. They are very busy preparing the dynasty guide, the best ball guide, the betting guide, the futures guide, uh, the fucking rankings, the player profiles, the rookie profiles and the projections, all the stuff that we're doing for our launch here today. And as a result, we are going to push that back. I hope next week will be the week that we get the guys on. We'll do our normal round table today. It's just going to be me and my nasally drone. So I figured I still want to celebrate the draft guide. It's a lot of great work. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to give you some samples from around the entire guide. I will tell you what we're planning on doing, the content plan. I'll tell you who's involved, who's not involved. I will also discuss some of the players we're high on, players we're low on, and give you little nuggets throughout the course of today's show, stuff that you guys can use to impress your friends and draft better teams, so on and so forth, right? So I figure that's a fun way to do things, and that's what we'll do over the next hour and pl hour plus 
of this program. So that's the agenda. Let's start out. I want to do some news around the NFL, around football right now. A lot going on at this point in time. Like there's several things that I'm fascinated by. I don't know. I'm guessing by the time you hear this podcast, we're going to get some sort of idea what what's going on with Dalvin Cook. Is he on the Vikings? Is he not? There's a lot of rumors that he's been post-June 1st designated that they're going to cut him, but none of that's official, and the Vikings have walked that back all week long. They're like, oh, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Okay, well, this is a big deal. There's That's a big deal. Dalvin Cook, he is a player that is widely in drafts right now, widely going in well, third round right now, which isn't close to where he was going before. And he, he's, he's been a first-round pick, second-round pick in the past. He's he actually going to fourth round right now. Looks like he's about pick 46 right now, Dalvin Cook. Nevertheless, that's way too early on a guy who may not even be with the team you think he's on. So there's a lot of hopefully this situation gets rectified soon because I couldn't touch him. I wouldn't. I've done several best ball drafts, several dynasty drafts, and I don't know what to make of Dalvin Cook at all right now. If Dalvin Cook goes to the Miami Dolphins, which is a rumor, and I think a great spot for him to land, this dude is a fucking second round pick on the Miami Dolphins. If he doesn't, if he remains on Minnesota, he's probably stays about, probably moves into the third round. But if he's cut officially by Minnesota, where else can he go? Everywhere else he goes, he is kind of a dual backfield guy. I think the only real situation where he fits and would be a profit for him besides Miami would be in, um, in LA with the Rams. It's the only other situation that makes any kind of sense. I think there's very decent potential that he winds up somewhere else. Uh, you know, whether that be fucking, um, he's got ties to Dallas Cowboys. I mentioned Miami already, uh, Tampa Bay situations like that could make some sense. New Orleans may make some sense to Petty officially when Alvin Kamara, even though they signed Jamal Williams, if they can get Dalvin Cook, I mean, that's a potential landing spot. But for me, yeah, Buffalo, of course, it seems like it's Minnesota, Miami, with a distant third opportunity to be the LA Rams. But we need clarification on that before we officially draft him, right? So that's something... That is up in the air right now. The other thing, um, some clarification on a couple more uh, situations across the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins officially released from the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the Cardinals are doing. Well, everybody's going to say, well, they're just tanking. Maybe. I mean, yeah, okay, but still very odd. Does that mean Kyler Murray's not going to play at all this season? Because I will tell you, there's no motherfucking way. I, let me reiterate, no chance that Colt McCoy is going to start 10-plus games for this team. If they sit out Kyler Murray and just say, screw it, we're going to see, we may see Clayton Toon, their fifth-round pick, 
out of Houston start five, six, seven games. We could see David Blau or Jeff Driscoll even, as sad as that may be. But that's a very strange thing for the Cardinals as an organization. They obviously could have got good return for DeAndre Hopkins. They wanted a month ago, right before the NFL draft, they wanted a first-round pick. And there were teams that kicked the tires on that. Ultimately, nobody took them up on that. Although we don't really know if that's all that they wanted. They could have wanted a first and a third or some extras. That was definitely possible. But still, you would think that you want to be competitive. You would think that if you if you didn't want to be competitive, what would benefit you the most in tanking is get a second-round pick, get a third-round pick, get two fourth-round picks, fuck it, right? Get something for this commodity. Instead, nothing. A shitload of dead cap space. Doesn't make any kind of sense to me. It makes absolutely positively no sense. And DeAndre Hopkins, before people start freaking out, DeAndre Hopkins is a very good receiver still. He was incredibly productive last year. It was a mess of a season. There's no question about that, right? Missing six games due to the PED. Missed the final two games because they essentially just shut him down. DeAndre Hopkins targets by week 14, 13, 5, 14, 12, 6, 11, 11, and 10. His reception number is 10, 12, 4. 10, 9, 4, 7, 7, then 1, that final game against Tampa Bay. 10 targets, 1 catch for 4 yards against Tampa Bay in a 3-point loss. Miserable fucking, I mean, that is one of those miserable fucking outings. But when Trace McSorley is your quarterback, that's kind of what is going to happen, right? Hopkins is still a very productive guy. He, he is. And he's 31 years old. And at 31, he's still he's at the very end of his peak, if uh, his peak years as a wide receiver, still has a couple of quality years left even after that. But it's going to be interesting to see where Hopkins goes. Does he wind up? And his fantasy value fluctuates massively depending on where he does wind up. The rumors, the odds-on favorite, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's personally where I think he's going to end up. I think ultimately Hopkins, because he's getting paid so much by the Cardinals, well, doesn't need a lot of money for this season at the very least. So go to Kansas City, get your best chance for a championship. That's the way I think it happens. Now, the Buffalo Bills are also in hot pursuit. We know New England, Bill Belichick loves him, but I don't think he goes to New England, right? Hopkins has two options right now. His options are this, go somewhere now that he is in control, go somewhere where you can pursue a championship or and or pursue kind of both, right? Your legacy, where you are in terms of all-time fan or wide receivers, almost said fantasy wide receivers, but it's not a fantasy situation, right? So 
if you go and play suit up with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Josh Allen is obviously going to add to your numbers, right? It's going to add a ton more to your numbers. So, you know, overall it's, that's a solid move and you pursue in a championship. The only problem with that is teams like the chiefs, the bills, they don't have cap room. They can't pay you. Can they restructure, get you five to eight million? Probably. Probably. But you're not gonna, you're especially not gonna get them to tie themselves up with a three, four, five year contract. Teams like the Bears, the Panthers, he's from South Carolina. Detroit, mm-hmm. Detroit could do it. Right? Detroit could do that. Those are the teams that could give you your bag. They can get you the money that you want. You know, a situation like Justin Fields in Chicago playing opposite DJ Moore with a quarterback like Fields, if you can get your your big payday, okay. Carolina with Bryce Young, depending on how you feel. I don't know if you want to play with a rookie quarterback or not. Detroit, everybody wants to – Detroit's a a real sneaky team for this. No Jamison Williams for six weeks. You don't really have an alpha wide receiver. You have a slot wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown, but Hopkins to play on the outside would just be an immaculate pairing for that offense as a whole and pretty much solidify the Lions as the true challenger to the Philadelphia Eagles throne in the NFC if that move is made. And I think that's very possible too. Ultimately, I think he winds up in Kansas city or Buffalo. I think just the opportunity to play one of those spots. When you look at Kansas city, if you're Deandre Hopkins, you gotta be licking your chops, man. Kansas city for Deandre Hopkins. Kansas city is a 24 year old Pam Anderson. It's perfect, right? In every single way, it's better. It's the, the dream. It's the absolute dream. You've got everything going for you. And the only thing standing in your way of targets is a broken down Kadarius Tony all the time. That's money in the bank. So we'll see where Hopkins winds up. But those are the two different situations. And from a fantasy standpoint, you know, as I'm doing all my rankings and projections, and obviously I fucking hate projections with play, especially I hate projections in general. But projections for guys who aren't on teams fucking impossible (laughs) it's just all bullshit i have deandre hopkins right now as wide receiver 24 now what that's a wide receiver too okay it no matter where he signs it's going to go up or down almost everywhere is going to go up at least i think most like most scenarios is he goes up to about 22 wide receiver 22. It's only a couple of places. However, if he goes Kansas city, Deandre Hopkins becomes my wide receiver 14. If he goes to Buffalo, he's wide receiver 18. Pretty much everywhere else. He's um, 22nd through 28th, depending on what situation he goes to. I mean, if he goes to a Tennessee or a Houston, like that's not going to be good. That's going to lower him in a wide receiver three country. But him going to Kansas City is a massive 
win for everybody. So we'll see how that goes. Other news, I didn't really talk about it. Jimmy Garoppolo and whatever's happened with Jimmy Garoppolo's foot and the Raiders not really knowing, you know, if he's going to wind up being the starting quarterback or if he's even going to be on the Raiders, right? Because as of the, they had to restructure his contract in a way that if, they're really worried and he that foot injury doesn't heal and they don't have confidence in him. They could release him with no penalty and no dead cap whatsoever. So, you know, ongoing situation for Las Vegas doesn't seem realistic that that will ever happen. I think he'll recover. Jimmy's been through several, so many surgeries that body's breaking down, man. Um, Shoulder foot again. He already had an ankle previously, they don't have anybody. Brian Hoyer knows the system, but that's the only backup on this roster. They drafted Aiden O'Connell in the fourth round as well, but we all know that's not going to be Josh McDaniel's go-to. They're not going to go to the uh, rookie quarterback range, right? So um, that's something to consider. Jared Stidham's in Denver with Sean Payton, just so you guys know, he's the backup there. So he's not even around either. Um, It could get very interesting for Las Vegas Raiders and very interesting for their biggest question with the Garoppolo situation in Devontae Adams. Like that becomes the biggest question. Adams is already not happy. He's already kind of pissy about losing Derek Carr and getting Garoppolo. And so, this just doesn't feel like it's not a good situation and it never seems to be for the Las Vegas Raiders. So another thing to look for. All right, folks, let's dive in. I want to talk about the draft guide. I'm proud of the product. Nobody puts out a product like we do at fantasyguru.com. And our football product is the best in the business. I'm confident in saying that nobody does what we do. And That's why I get so excited about the release dates. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. There's a lot of tech work. There's a lot of production. There's just a lot of things that go into it to pull it all off. And the hard work part is what I'm proud of, but I think, you know, for all of you or any of you who are interested in the product or or are going to consume it at all is that you you take pride in knowing that you're not getting shortchanged. You're going to get a lot more than you ever thought. You're getting people that sacrifice their own personal lives to bring you the product that you deserve, that you're purchasing. You know, I've, I'm enamored with our industry and how many people take it casually, how many people are part-timers that don't work full-time. And again, I don't bash anybody who's a part-timer trying to make their way in the fantasy sports industry. I was that person for a number of years too. The difference is I made sacrifices. I sold my cars. I refinanced my house. I did everything going full bore 
into this career. I didn't have one foot in, one foot out. That kind of shit leads to cutting corners, rounding off, and it leads to things like plagiarism where you just in I know folks don't know what that is because there's no journalistic integrity anymore. But when you take content from another person or source and you use it, even if it's just on your social media, you are plagiarizing, you're stealing, that's theft. That is what it is. It's what you're doing. It's incredible the number of places my content pops up here and there. Other people's Twitter feeds, fucking random no-name sites that, you know, just popped up a year ago or something. And again, they don't they take pieces and parts and they try and we usually get them and cease and desist them. And you know, because we do have a law firm behind us at Fantasy Guru. We're not fucking around. And it, it's sad because I think there's a lot of great work that could be done. If, if I could clone myself, there, there's a number of different things that I'd love to do, different show formats and ideas, different content ideas, but everybody wants to do the same thing. Everyone's trying to be the next Joe Rogan or Pat McAfee or whatever. That's all they want to do. And if somebody on Twitter sees you get a lot of likes and comments on a Twitter thread, guess what? Everybody goes out and does Twitter thread. Look at all these people doing fucking sauna things. Everybody will allow the coolest thing in the world is to have a sauna. I do love saunas. I think it is pretty fucking cool, uh, but I've always loved them. But Mark Cuban says it's smart to do, you know, have a, a sauna. Now everybody wants a sauna in their house. And that's now the cool thing. Now everybody has to have that. NFTs, the same people that are going to try to sell you a draft guide or sell you or just sell you on the fact that they know what the fuck they're doing, that they know anything about professional football or fantasy or daily fantasy or betting. The same people were telling you to invest in cryptocurrency a year ago. NFTs, top shots, right? The same people. You see it. I see it. We all know it. Frauds, fakes, liars, fucking cheats. It's what they are, man. So we do it the right way. We build from the ground up. It's funny. We were on me, Armando Marcel, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay, Ray Flowers, Ted Schuster. We're on phone calls recently, and we were laughing because we're like, oh, man, it's going to be, I think we were putting together our uh podcast list and the topics and somebody's like, well, yeah, me and Mike Dempsey have done the, the dynasty one four years in a row. It's like, you know, we're like, well, too bad. You, we can't just use last year's and, you know, just recycle it. That's an hour, you know, it wouldn't take, but we don't do that. We laugh about it because we know that's not our way. It's not the fantasy guru.com way. That is not what we do. We're going to give you the 2023 version of it. Some of the things stay the same. Concepts are the same. But a lot has changed. And I'll talk about that here on this episode with you as well. First off, you know what you can expect. We're launching, as always, with the rankings. I've got 1,300-plus players. PPR. Half-point PPR. Non-PPR. 
IDP, two quarterback leagues, overall list, dynasty rankings, best ball rankings, rookie rankings, right? Projections for all the formats there as well. All that stuff. I've got my welcome message. We got our normal bold predictions for the 2023 NFL season. Something we did last year that was a big hit. You guys seem to like it is our position player outlooks by position quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. Our crew went through and went through each, all the top players, the like top 40 at per position, top 50 at the bigger positions. And we just wrote every single player up, did a profile on them, strengths, weaknesses, when to invest, how to invest in those players. Do we fade those players? Well, our outlooks are on them for that season, right? We've got all of that locked in. We're launching with all that stuff. And then days and weeks ahead, a ton more content. Our best ball guide, win rates, roster construction, where to play, how to play, how to get in the money, large, all the different payout structures, best ball on uh, underdog and drafters and FFPC and BB10s, all the different ways to play best ball fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football, everything from rankings for this year in a startup dynasty league to rookies to the 2024 rookie class. Where do we value Brock Bowers tight end of the University of Georgia? Where do we think of him going in to next year? Where would he rank right now in the prospect for rebuilding teams there? We've got it. Brand new for this year. Our futures guide, first ever betting guide in our draft guide over at fantasyguru.com. Our future bets, how to, where to bet, different ways to get bonus money and boosts, odd boosts and all that stuff, which you guys seem to love the odds boost. The teams, the players that we're betting on right now, our official betting cards for our entire staff. That's brand new, something we've never done before for 2023. All included, as always. Mock drafts. We'll have regular mock drafts and ADP check-ins as we always do. The uh, We're bringing it back this year, the second time. Um, last year, we started it. We've always done our draft strategy series, but our guy Tyler Beaker took it to a new level last year because there, there were a lot of different opportunities i guess you'll call or different ways to draft our teams and you know it's it's takes more than one way to skin a cat right what we wound up doing for this year is we went through and did how to draft how to draft an elite running back strategy how to do elite quarterback elite quarterback strategy one the year last year we were the only site the only person or i was the only person on a national level talking about draft quarterbacks early the only fucking person no matter what anybody wants to tell you right everybody else eight round quarterbacks well we have that strategy in there too but the elite quarterback approach was absolute money in the bank super flex strategy robust running back approach 
zero running back approach, modified zero running back or anchor running back approach, elite tight end approach. When to draft kickers and defenses? Yes, even kickers and defenses. We have all these different strategies that you could implement to win your leagues. Brought those back for this year. We've got our you know super flex strategy, as always, right? Redraft strategy, stacking strategy. We have the off-season report, new faces and new places. The trade report, free agency tracker, who signed where, who's going to sign where. Does Dalvin Cook find a new home? DeAndre Hopkins find a new home? Reaction and analysis therein. We've got that as we always do. So um, other things that we have for the 2023 season, you know, I think some of the the bread and butter of what we do to the thing that I could say unequivocally, nobody has it. Nobody will ever have it. The only place on earth where coaching breakdowns live is here at fantasyguru.com. I spent, I have worked on these, the amount of hours in the hundreds already. And I'm not, I haven't completed a single team yet as of this recording. Right. Me and Mike Horn were doing the charts, the graphs, updating everybody. There are five new head coaches, which is not a lot, but there are 16 new offensive coordinators, 13 new defensive coordinators. That matters. It matters so much, ladies and gentlemen. I can't adequately describe it and emphasize it enough. If you think that coaches don't impact fantasy football, then you honestly, and I'm being sincere, you don't know how to play fantasy football. Anything you've accomplished, winning, it's any wins you've had, any success you believe you've had has been lucky. You have lucked into it because if you don't know how big of a deal the coaches are, think about it this way, coaches. Coaches have, every coach in NFL has a strong say to ultimate say. If you're Bill Belichick, you have ultimate say on the personnel of the entire team. Players that are brought in, players that are released, players that are cut, released, traded. The coaches have impact on all of those moves. So of the 90-plus players that will be in training camp, the coach has their, their hand in every single one of them. Then what happens? They settle on 53 for the active roster. And what do they get, 12 now on the practice squad? 10 or 12, whatever. They expanded last year. The coach decides each and every one of them. Does the front office have some? Yeah, absolutely. But again, ultimately, every single, all 32 NFL head coaches have that say-so. And who do they listen to? Front office, yeah, but also their assistant coaches, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, position coaches, quality control coaches, offensive line coaches. They listen. They make these decisions. Who is on the roster comes from there. The coach draws the playbook up. They write the playbook. The playbook is the gospel. Everything that happens during the season happens. It's the script of every movie. Otherwise, you may love to see um, Bradley Cooper or you know, whoever, Brad Pitt or somebody just standing around. 
But if they don't have lines to say, if nobody wrote it for them, they wouldn't, they would just sit there and collect dust. Somebody's got to write the play. Somebody's got to draw the play. Some, somebody then calls the plays. And if the playbook says we have the per- playbook will decide what the personnel groupings are. So the coaches have say, so who's on, who is on the team. They also have say, so who's on the field. Then based on the play calls, whoever calls the plays, 98% of the time, it's the coaches or coordinators. They call the plays. That's who gets the ball. That's the first read. That's the second read. That's where the ball's going left to the running back. Ball's going right to the tight end first. If not, they're checking down to the wide receiver. That is all from the coaches. We, the fans, the laymans, the armchair fantasy analysts, give it give credit to the players as if they do everything. They don't. The players execute the coach's plan. That's all that they do. That is football. If you don't understand that, you don't know football. Chances are you played Little League Baseball. And everyone understands, well, when you're a baseball player, if you want to swing the bat, if the ball's over your head, you can do so. If you want to swing, trying to hit a home run, you could do so. If you want to lay down a bunt, you could do you can do anything because you're in charge. Football players aren't in charge. The play says run left, you run left. That's it. But if I ran right, I'm wide open and nobody's there. It doesn't matter. Play is left, you run left. Coach said left. That's what you do. That's why coaches is important. I have every offensive system, every blocking system, every defensive front, every base coverage, every player tendency of all 32 NFL teams, head coaches, offense coordinators, defense coordinators, offensive line coaches, positional coaches. I've got it all. Other people, they've started to do it. Other analysts say, oh, last year, well, last year the Colts called running plays on 51% of, yeah. Well, guess what ain't last year? None of those coaches are there. And Frank Reich is in Carolina, not not Indianapolis. So that if, that data that you're using doesn't matter. It doesn't match the jersey. Go take it from Indianapolis and apply it maybe in Carolina. Now we have state Shane Steichen, Jim Bob Cooter, two different, two completely different people and playbooks and offenses and styles. So that's, that's a lot different. I've got all that stuff in the draft guide for you guys. Some nuggets through my copious amounts of research, putting this together. Well, I mean, well, I love Denver Broncos. I, we talk about Sean Payton all the time, but how about Joe Lombardi? Joe Lombardi is the offense coordinator, Denver Broncos. He was in New Orleans with Sean Payton. He was in at LSU for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, and Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Joe Lombardi also spent time in Detroit. He made Joyke Bell theoretic fantasy, I won't say studs, starting fantasy running backs. Why? Were they any good? No, they caught the ball. They threw to the running backs all the fucking time. All the time. That Alvin Kamara, every running back you fucking saw, Edwards Alaire at LSU, Kamara in New Orleans, Theo Reddick in Detroit, 
oh, Austin Eckler last two seasons in L.A. with the Chargers. Everyone thinks that Austin Eckler is on this magical kick that he's going to get another 120 fucking targets this year. He's not. Caught 107 passes last year. He caught 70 the year before. You know what he did before Lombardi came to town? 54 catches. How many touchdowns he had before? One. One rushing, two receiving. He had 20 and 18 touchdowns the last two years with Joe Lombardi. But now he's gone. He's not in L.A. So you don't give Eckler that credit. Eckler gets the credit for Kellen Moore, who's the new coordinator there. Joe Lombardi's in Denver. Who's going to catch the ball in the backfield for Denver? Well, which running backs they bring in? Samaj P. Ryan. It's going to be Javante Williams. You know, Javante Williams in just four games with Denver had more targets and receptions than Cam Akers had all season for the LA Rams. Javante Williams, assuming the health and the knee, is going to be Joe Lombardi's pass catching running back. And that's a fucking mountain of fantasy production. New England, Bill O'Brien's going to run a lot of two wide receiver sets. Look for Mike Gusecki to be a, a fantasy sleeper there. Right? Look look for that. The deep ball to Tyquan Thornton. Houston, Bobby Slowick is the new offense coordinator. He's from Kyle Shanahan Street. Slowick's going to do a lot of those tight end drag routes with their new tight end, Dalton Schultz. Why'd he sign a one-year deal for Houston? He did it because he knows the systems would be great. Look at what rookie, look at what tight ends have done with inexperienced with rookie quarterbacks in Kyle Shanahan's system. Nick Mullins made George Kittle a star, and George Kittle's second best year was last year with Brock Purdy as the starting quarterback. Now he's got C.J. Stroud to, or Slowick, I should say, has C.J. Stroud in Houston to Dalton Schultz. going to be a great thing. The Panthers loaded up on the greatest assistant coaching staff maybe ever formed. Deuce Staley and Sean Jefferson, Dom Capers. Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator from the L.A. Rams. They paid good money for the best stable of assistant coaches that we've seen in decades. Think that's not going to help develop a young team? Damn right it's going to. So, yeah, the coaching breakdowns, massive advantage for us. Once we, we have this information, remember this also. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're a member of fantasyguru.com. Maybe you're listening to the Sirius XM show. Maybe you just stumbled upon it because you saw some tag words, football, fantasy, NFL, whatever. Whatever it is. Listen, you and I need to have an understanding. I'll tell some dick jokes and say some curse words. And from time to time, I could be a decent, funny guy. But my job is ultimately to provide you with an edge. Is it not? That's what you're trusting me to do. You, I need to work to find the edges. I don't need, and work by work, I don't mean look at what other people wrote. I'm not looking at Twitter, what this person thinks and that person says, what the consensus rankings are. Once again, we had our meetings in the last couple of weeks at Fantasy Guru, and the idea always comes up, well, should we do consensus rankings? And the answer is always no. No, we shouldn't do it because consensus just means it waters everything down. We are doing some fun things. I think that our staff, Tyler, Armando, and Russell specifically, 
they've earned the right to have their feelings and some of their methodologies brought up to the forefront. They've served their time and they deserve it. I trust them to provide that for you. So they're going to do their own draft books this year. You have my draft book, Armando's, Tyler's, and Russ's. We have different thoughts, different ideas, different ways of attacking. And you guys could look through it, see which one matches your preferences and your ideology best, and roll with it. But as far as rankings, they're going to be my rankings. Not just because it's me, it's because I, I want, I'm responsible. I have been in this industry for 18 years. Right, I've played this game for 35, was it 33 now? God damn, every year it goes up. I know what it takes and I know how to bear the responsibility. I will not crumble if I get something wrong. I don't like getting things wrong. I'll be mad at myself. But I know I can deal with you guys hating me or being mad at me for a bad day, week, play, pick, season, whatever it may be. Right, I know what it takes, and I know that I provide you guys the edge. Nobody's going to do the work. Nobody's doing coaching breakdowns, not because they'll say, if anybody says, oh, I don't believe it, they just don't want to do the work because it's a shit ton of work. That's ultimately what it is. That's how I give you guys the edge. That's what I provide for you. That's what our team provides for you. That's the whole point, the edge. You don't need water down. You don't need consensus, folks. Tip from Pappy Mans. You see the word consensus. You run, run away far and fast and wide. Consensus means shit. It means it's garbage. Why would you want the consensus of what everybody thinks? I don't know. Because that all that's, you know what it's going to do? It'll make you feel good. You'll feel safe. And snug and secure, like a kid with a blankie. I had a blankie growing up. Love my blankie. Shit, I got blankies now. I love I love blankets. But I uh, there's an understanding. You hit a certain age. You like your blankie. You're like your huggy bookie. Fine. But you know it's not bulletproof. When you're a kid, you kind of think it's bulletproof. It shields you. Oh, as long as you hide behind it, the boogeyman can't get you. You know, you the bully down the street can't get you. The robber down the street can't get you. Nobody can get you if you have your huggy blanket because the blanket is bulletproof and it's a wall. It's a fortress of solitude. And then you get older, you realize that's bullshit and that's not true. Just a fucking piece of cloth. Still comforting, but deep in your soul, you know it ain't going to help you. Not going to protect you. That's what consensus is. That's what consensus rankings and projections. That's what it means. That is what it is. Offensive line breakdowns. I think we do the best job there is. We use my own formulas for offensive line rating rating system, which, by the way, is available in our data portion. You get the, the uh, football data with the elite seasonal package or the VIP platinum, of course. Just get VIP platinum. I know it's 400 bucks. It's a lot of money, but it's 250 a piece for the DFS and 250 for the betting. I'm going to win you that 250 in either format, DFS and betting. So you want those. You might as well just get every fucking thing then for the 50% off VIP platinum. It's just a better buy for you. But, you know, what am I? 
I don't, I'm just telling you how to save money on the, my own work. But, you know, um, well, let me talk about that too real quick. And I, I got more tidbits. Don't worry. I'll get to real stuff. But I, I had this discussion too. Because we've had to raise the prices a little bit. They're pretty much the same. I think they're the same what they were last year. But we have different packages. We have the Elite Plus. We've got Training Camp again. We've got uh, the Elite Plus Networks, which is the podcast and the videos. And, you know, I work hard for the job and I work hard for all of you. I hope there's an understanding there. I wouldn't go into somebody's bakery or coffee shop or somebody else's work, see them working hard and be like, you don't want new shit for free. There's plenty of free content around. There's plenty. But shit. It's just shit. Careful what you pay. If you're going to be serious about this activity, be willing to pay up a little bit for it. And I mean, I'm, I mean, the football season's a long fucking time. And if, if you start now on June 1st, it's six months of the season, folks. Right? Six months of the season. It, it, and then if you go, if you get into the postseason, it's technically seven months through January, eight months if you go through February. But I mean, what is that? It's fucking 40 bucks a month. Not even. Right. I mean, you're not going to pay $40 a month for we're here every day. You get asked questions every day, every single event that happens, every move, every roster move, every ad drop, every trade, every draft, every bet, every DFS lineup, everything that we do. $40 dollar a day, not really worth it. Well, it's, if it's not, then it's not. I mean, I don't know. I Some things I pay for, some things I wouldn't pay for. But if I was serious about fantasy football, I would sure as hell trust somebody that I paid the price and there's an understanding. Don't let me down. If something else comes up, you know, you, last thing you want is you can't get your waiver play pickups in on a Wednesday night because your supposed fantasy analyst was busy at their other job trying to make a living, which how could you fault them for doing it? But that's what you get with the free market. We win. We have a track record of winning. Don't trust that shit. I'm sorry. Just don't do it. I wouldn't. I've seen some crazy shit this offseason specifically. Our industry is fucked up. And, you know, the easy train is gone. The jobs are drying up in our space. It's just how it goes because people aren't investing in this anymore. The The big VC money's not coming in. When the VC money's not coming in, it's a lot harder to stay in business because you actually have to earn your keep. You can't just rely on the free DFS money or the betting money or the affiliate money. So that's what's going on in our business. And eh, people don't don't take it seriously. Right? They just don't. So anyway, um, moving on. Other things that we provide. Offensive line breakdowns. The Jets have the best offensive line in the game. I'll tell you that right now. I think the Houston Texans are a very, very surprise up there. I have them in the top five of the season. Carolina's very, very good. 
San Francisco, Tennessee, huge step backs, huge step backs this offseason. Cleveland. Cleveland's got has had the best offense line. They've got the second best next to the Jets now. Indianapolis has taken a big step back. Denver improved greatly this offseason. Miami will be better offensive line-wise because they'll have Turin Armstead healthy. He broke down, and it led to concussions for Tua and a real bottoming out in the middle portion of the season for the Miami Dolphins. So there you go. Um, the offensive line breakdowns we do better, I think, than anybody else. The by-the-numbers, PPR running back myth, the handcuff grid, the slot-wide receiver grid, IDP grid, Guide to Auction Drafts, Our Draft Books, The Manifesto, all of this stuff. Full season product over at FantasyGuru.com, right? We go around and look at some of the positions and some of the players. I'll get, man, I've got 100 notes in front of me. 100, and I, I mean, fuck, I barely sampled the product. This is shit just from my desk. This isn't even getting into Tyler, Armando, Ray, Ted, Russ. Quarterbacks, uh, a nugget. I want to give you a nugget for every position. Here's something that you should know. Most highest number of screen passes last season. Something that you should be aware of. Tom Brady threw the most 109 attempts at screen passes. 89 completions, 81%. 546 of his yards were on screens. Now, that's not the most. The most yards on screens was Patrick Mahomes. He was fourth in attempts, but for he had 631 yards on screens. Thanks, long Jarek McKinnon. But you know his second in attempts? Trevor Lawrence. That's interesting. Good for Travis Etienne. But third is Aaron Rodgers. With the Packers, mind you. Now, it's a different offense, although Nate Hackett is the offense coordinator, which should send you running for the hills. Here's the thing about the reason Brady, Brady wasn't always a screen pass quarterback. Neither was Drew Brees. They became that way when they were older. Why? The arm's not there anymore. Rodgers, I look at the last six years, His he goes from being one of the Fewest screen pass attempt quarterbacks to one of the highest. That's why I want to be in on Brees Hall. I am all the way in on Brees Hall this season in New York. I think he'd get down best offense line behind that line. I think he'll do great running the football, but there is some real high potential catching passes out of the backfield there too. They still have Michael Carter, sure. But I think that Brees Hall could be an absolute. He could be the number one running back in fantasy football this year. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, I think, was it. And fifth on this list was Jalen Hurts, which I expect. Jalen Hurts had 85 screen passes, completed 75 out of 85, 88.2 of them. And now he gets DeAndre Swift. Don't sleep on DeAndre Swift. I can't believe people were drafting him in the first round last year. I told you it was a mistake. But as we sit here, the first day of June, 2023, getting into our our setups, 
DeAndre Swift is going 74th overall, beginning of the seventh round, that's a massive steal at the running back position. Speaking of running backs, uh, here's something from my running back notes in our draft guide this year. I want to talk about Christian McCaffrey. I think it was interesting because when we look at McCaffrey, I love McCaffrey in San Francisco. I did not like McCaffrey going into last year. Yeah, we, we can call that a miss. It's fair. Although if any human being would have said, oh, yeah, he gets traded to 49ers, I would have been like, well, yeah. Then he's the number one player in fantasy football, and I wouldn't even have thought twice about it. But San Francisco, so McCaffrey, second highest score, scoring quarter or running back of last year, right? And he was traded in the middle. But he's 27 years old. He's only had three seasons in his entire career of 200 or more touches. 49ers lost two more members of their offensive line, including starting right tack- tackle Mike McGlinchey, who's now in Denver. But here's something else with McCaffrey. Do you realize McCaffrey's targets per game dropped from 7.2 with Carolina to just 5.9 with San Francisco? Now, listen, 5.9, let's round it up to 6. Pretty good little, pretty good from running back. But it's less. His receptions dropped from five and a half to just over four a game. It's almost two receptions per game difference. And the yardage, receiving yardage dropped by nearly 12 a game. And again, these things just start adding up. We realize McCaffrey, McCaffrey's getting older, 27. He, they don't have a quarterback. Brock Purdy's going to be their guy. They have lost four-fifths of their starting offensive line from two years ago. Two-fifths from last year alone when he was there. Right? And, and he, he's already getting less work in the receiving game. I, I think we take it. I still got McCaffrey as the number two running back behind B. John Robinson this year. But I think that's something we need to talk about and see, need to consider as well. All right. Uh, wide receivers now. Um, a lot of wide, man, I have a million wide receiver notes. Well, wide receivers versus man coverage. I think this is an interesting tidbit. And I guess it will go back to the Jets a little bit. I talked about Rodgers throwing the screen passes, but, you know, the expectation of Garrett Wilson and last week's episode, I said, I wouldn't touch Garrett Wilson with your dick. I've said that many times. I think he's way overdrafted. Alan Lazard's presence needs to be known. Why? Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard had the 10th most targets in the national football league last year against man coverage. And okay. Well, who cares? Who didn't face man that much? No, they did. They actually did, and to have that kind of production for a guy, don't forget, Lazard didn't play every game last year. Started the season hurt. He played 15 games, only 13 games that he played wire to wire out of 17. Quarter of the season he didn't play, and still was 10th in the league in targets versus man coverage. The, the reason this matters, the Jets are projected to see the most man coverage of any NFL team this season as far as defensive secondary and base coverages. 
So it was obvious that when he was man to man, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, loved to target Lazard in those situations. And why not? He's 6'5, 230 pounds. And now he just got 35 million bucks from the Jets. Lazard's going to be a factor here, folks. He's going to be involved. And his target share was significantly higher than any other running or wide receiver in Green Bay in, in the uh, in the red zone. So when times mattered, when times got tough, they also looked for any time times got tough last year, Rodgers looked to Alan Lazard. Does he completely forget about him? Was I mean, I put nothing past Aaron Rodgers, but that would make me quite nervous if I'm dra- if I'm using my first round or an early second round pick on Garrett Wilson. If Wilson's my number one wide receiver, I'm I'm very nervous about Alan Lazard. Not so much Michael Hardman or Randall Cobb, but something there just clicks between the two of them. There's a reason he's in New York right now. Um, tight ends. I'll give you tight end a bit. Uh, well, you know, how do you draft tight ends? We all know it's, it's very simple. You draft Travis Kelsey in the first round, if at all possible, if not, you wait till about the fourth round and you grab yourself, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, fifth round, maybe Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts. Otherwise, you know, I'm okay with Goddard. Otherwise, you're going to wait. And if you're going to wait on tight end, that's fine. But know who you're targeting and why you're targeting them. I think this year we've got some intrigue with Pitts, Goddard, Waller, Evan Ingram. But the uh, Chiggy Okonkwo, Dalton Schultz, who I like. I love Schultz as my tight end, too, by the way. And best ball, it's phenomenal. Been getting plenty of that. And again, I'll pair it with a guy like Darren Waller. So I'm not spending any early picks on the tight end position. I would, but I haven't got any Kelsey yet. Um, but David Najoku, David Najoku is intriguing in that offense. Najoku's second most red zone targets, right? Second most t- uh, red zone receptions. He had the third most red zone touchdowns last year as well. I'm sorry. He had the 10th most because a bunch of guys had five. He only had four, right? But he only played 14 games too. Where all these other guys played 15, six or Andrews played 15. Everybody else played 17. So Najoku's a sneaky player at tight end where if you're just relying on somebody, get you 50 catches, 680 plus yards, five-plus touchdowns, which is essentially tight end 10 through tight end 15. Najoku is your guy, and he's basically free. Deshaun Watson specifically loved him in the red zone. So, yeah, that's what you get at that part of the draft. You're going to spend an early pick on your tight end, or you're going to say, screw it, I'll I'll use one of the other guys. And if you're using one of the other guys, you're going to be tight end, you're touchdown dependent. And the most important thing, if you're only going to get five to maybe luck out with eight touchdowns, good luck identifying when those are going to happen. 
that is a near impossible task. So you have to start him every single week. So a guy like Najoku should be on your radar to that end right there. So there we go. All right. Well, hey, we're right at an hour. I don't know where the frick the time has gone in this episode. Uh, boy, I have so much more to talk about. I really hope that you guys are joining us this season over at fantasyguru.com. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you, all your patronage over the years. A lot of you guys have been loyal. You know, and I take that very, very seriously. Our team takes it very seriously. We are putting out an absolute stellar product with the insight, the knowledge, the information you need you need to know and that you're not going to find anywhere else. That's what we do. We're here to provide those edges for you in any style, in any format, in any league possible. That's what we do. Very excited about this product this season. I hope you guys join us over there at fantasyguru.com. Take advantage of the VIP Platinum Fuck. You could cash some money uh, on my MLB bets and even my NBA Finals bets over the next couple of weeks while you're biding time for the NFL season to start. And maybe you're not in any drafts, but you might as well get that VIP Platinum now and get yourself going. Plat 50, P-L-A-T-5-0, good for that. Otherwise, remember, we have uh, one other thing I want to talk about, didn't get a chance to in this episode, is our fantasy football training camp. We did it for the first time last year. It was a monumental success. I appreciate each and every one of you for taking part in that. Remember, training camp is the only live fantasy football event that any site sponsors all by themselves. It's all virtual. It's all online. It's a full day of nonstop info and breakout sessions and presentations and drafts and everything like that. And the best part about it is it lives forever. It is there, it's online, and you can go back and rewatch and revisit. And did he really say this? What did he say about this? Even if you can't be with us the entire day, it's okay. And with your with the training camp ticket, you get an entry to the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. Um, we ran this through RT Sports last season. It was fantastic. I'll say, I mean, there was a lot of getting used to a lot of clunkiness at times and organizational issues that we will not have this year. Cause now we know what we're doing, but it was the first event of its kind ever pulled off. It was tremendous. Like what do we have? Oh, we didn't get all 20. We had, we have 25,000 subscribers members at our site. And I think only like 14,000 or so, actually took part. Let's get that up. Let's get those numbers higher this year. We had prizes. Everybody won prizes for winning their league and ultimate prizes to the overall winners. And we'll be able to do that again. You'll draft against me and Tyler and Armando and Russ and Ted and Ray and Phil and Sandro and the whole group here at fantasyguru.com. It's a great time. Really look forward to it. And the only way you get in, you could buy a ticket to it but if you're a VIP Platinum member, you get it. If you are a, an elite seasonal subscriber, meaning you got the $100 package for the entire season, you're in. If you have DFS and or the betting subscription, then you're in. 
So there you go. It's not available to draft guide only people. You have to buy a ticket separately. That's why I strongly recommend getting the whole thing. Get the get the off season at the very least. Get the in season, the postseason, get the training camp ticket, get the data. It's all in our elite, our elite seasonal package there. So something to remember. I can't wait. August 18th is the date we set for fantasy football training camp. I'm super pumped about it. Hopefully we'll see you guys there and uh, see you around our discord all summer long over here at fantasyguru.com as well. It's going to do it for this episode. Number 158 in the books, Boy, 158 episodes. Can you believe it? Didn't get to t- tell many dick jokes or fart jokes today. I apologize for that. Also apologize that we didn't have the guys on. I will get Armando Tyler and Russell on hopefully next week. And we'll give a full round table discussion as we always do to kick off the official draft season. Get over there to the site. Look forward to seeing all of you come by the man's cave discord room over at fantasyguru.com. Say hello, tag me in a post. We'll chat, commiserate, have some fun, start talking ball. Everybody. It will be an absolute great time. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to our producer, Sean Engel. Thank you for all of you for downloading and subscribing, liking, favoriting, listening to the show. It means the world to me. You may agree or disagree with everything, something or everything you heard on today's show. And folks, that is all right by me. Should be all right by you too. Why? This was just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!